Well, I can't remember what I what the Dharma talk name was. I know I sent you. What is it? I couldn't remember, so I asked Cody. Oh. You can't store wisdom. Oh, you can't store wisdom. What a great title. <laughs> what am I going to say about that? So, uh, so you can store a lot of things. You can store walnuts. You can store well, there's storage buildings everywhere. So people, you know, when I was young, nobody stored anything. People just took it all to the dump. And now they rent buildings and stick everything in there and close it and lock it and forget about it. So, so there's a lot of things we can store. And we can a lot of things we can gather up and store. We can we can store our knowledge about things. How to how to uh, uh, instructions, how to do things, how we can store information on on history, on uh, geology, science, math, economics, uh, on Buddhism, on the teachings of Buddhism, the, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links on the Chain of Existence. We can memorize all of that, and we can store all that, uh, store that information. We can pull that out to help support our uh, our awareness practice. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, but wisdom is not something that you can gather up and store. Even though there are concepts that point towards wisdom, but you can't actually find the wisdom. It's it's uh, it, it is beyond uh, form. It is beyond even the most uh, rarefied or subtle kinds of forms. It is uh, it is more like. Um, is more like uh, the sky than it is like the clouds that appear in the sky. So you can't really locate it. If you locate it, it's probably not wisdom. If you locate it, and if you think you have it, you probably don't. So how could you? How could you be wise? Can you actually be wise? What would it mean? What would it be like to be wise? Any ideas? Mostly present in the moment. Mm -hmm. That's part of it. Uh, actually, to be wise, there wouldn't even be a moment. And there wouldn't even uh, be a being. There, there wouldn't be anything. It was this is a, the Buddhist teaching of uh, shunyata or emptiness points directly. Insofar as you can point at anything, when you start to get into that area. Uh, so um, along the lines of what you're saying, uh, it would be more like instead of having wisdom, it would be more like you would be. You would, you would just embody that. So along the lines of what you're pointing at. And the other interesting thing about this is if this does dawn on you, which I sincerely hope it does. If you look at the opposite of wisdom long enough, you eventually see wisdom. And why? He said, why? Uh, because nothing is separate. Fundamental nature of reality is not separate. It's called non-dual. The fancy Sanskrit word for that is advaita. Dvaita means two. Ah is a negative. Advaita. Not two. And it's not something you can think up or Con, you know, concoct or come together. It is rather something you uh, have insight into or see. Uh, and even that being said, another way of talking about wisdom, if you were to say, what does wisdom see? Wisdom only sees wisdom. It doesn't see anything else. You might say that it doesn't see anything. You might, or you might not. So the path leading to wisdom, or you could even say sanity, no longer any warfare with anything, no longer objecting to anything, no longer agreeing with anything, no longer shutting out. Those are the three poisons in Buddhism, passion, aggression, and ignorance. And I talk about it all the time because they're so important to 
uh, have in your mind stream so that when you see yourself grasping, when you see yourself rejecting, when you see yourself shutting off or closing off or distracting yourself into something else, you'll begin to to uh, be aware of that. And as a, as a Dharma teacher, I would say, don't meddle with those. Don't try to get rid of them. Be aware of them, but don't try to stop being aggressive. So, uh, stop being aggressive is the same thing as going to war with war. When we see someone at war, we want to fight them. Uh, we get drawn in, we get seduced into that thing. Well, if somebody's coming at us with uh, fists clenched, maybe we need to fight them. And I'm not saying it's not challenging to meet someone who's aggressive and and coming after us with their uh, uh, teeth bared. But there are other ways to work with that rather than just to uh, run away or, or fight back. Any questions so far? Awareness is the path. So awareness is something you do. You extend your awareness. You look at something that's difficult. Say you're, uh, you're, uh, um, you're in line at, uh, at the grocery store and someone is, crowds in front of you or something. You know, and you, you maybe have some reaction about that or it feels, you know, kind of like little conversation starts up what they think they're doing. You know, I was in line or I was ahead of them or who knows what might appear for you. It probably isn't going to something appear like, uh, what a sweet angel has just crowded in front of me. Uh, but you could extend your awareness around the emotions that are rising because that is not your, what happened there is not your emotion. What happens there is, has to do with dependent origination, with causes and conditions. This causes that, causes that, causes that, causes that, causes that. Very complicated. So this person shows up and does something, and instead of dumping a bucket full of angry feelings in you, what they've done is they've triggered something, and that, that the angry feelings that you have not inspected in your own self, wherever that may be, in your left ear, wherever it may be, then that starts to come up, and you, we start to feel we start to feel some aggression towards that a person or that individual, or and then it quite often will translate instead it'll go from feeling right into uh, into the other uh, skandhas, into into conceptualization or into uh, perceiving an other, perceiving somebody who's who shouldn't be doing that, or any kind of little argument, little, little currents that run around in circles there, trying to find a someone to blame. So we have the negative feeling, which is triggered. So we're not saying they didn't have something to do with it, but they didn't actually pour the feelings into you. They're your feelings. And so awareness is about bringing as much clarity, awareness, or attention to that as rather look at that, being aware of that. So that's the path quality. So you're actually on the path of awareness. So the wisdom is there is not something that you do. It's something you are. Awareness is something you're you're doing you're actually you're actually pulling your awareness or bring your awareness onto that uh, rather than uh, bringing your thought process onto that and sparking up further antagonism further st uh, circularity around it well they shouldn't be doing that who the hell do they think they are we all have those kinds of little little cir uh, circuits of uh, discursive thought about somebody did something and then we start thinking up stuff about blaming them I'm not saying at some point you couldn't actually see that, well, the person's probably having a hard day. Maybe let them off the hook. But there's still some kind of discursiveness going on there. So it is about, it is about not about stopping that. 
It is not about seeing the cause of that necessarily. It is about seeing it what it is, not why. If you go into why, you're going to start leaving the scene of the crime and go into some, uh, some whys and wherefores about it that may feel may help you to feel a little better. But they're circular. What goes around comes around, goes around, comes around, goes around, comes around. So the, the thing that is recommended is to whatever occurs, look at it. Don't add anything to it, your opinion. Don't abandon it or go away. And don't necessarily fight with it or object to it. So the awareness practice is the path quality. Uh, the something that we have talked about before is called threefold logic. So the threefold logic is first. First is uh, life is suffering or difficult, or we have stress, or we have difficulty, we have challenges, we have failures, we have bad health, we have uh, bad luck, and then so we have that difficulty, and then we look at what can we do? What can we do about that? And there's there's uh, all kinds of snake oil salesmen all over the place that are trying to sell you something that will, so they can get something from you, so they can sell you something that will help you with that particular issue. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying there aren't cures for diseases or problems. Of course there are. But when it comes to something like working with a mind, it's uh, maybe a little more complicated than just uh, uh, doing I'm okay, you're okay, which is a kind of uh, psychology that comes out of the early 70s, I think. Transactional analysis, they called it. Yes. Earlier you said if you look at the opposite of wisdom long enough, you'll eventually see wisdom. Yes. What is the opposite of wisdom? Uh, insanity, um, aggression, passion. That's the, that's the polarity there. It's just a setup. But if you look at that long enough without adding to it, subtracting from it, or shutting down on it, eventually you see that no separation, actually, the awareness itself. Uh, sees no separation. How do you look at something without looking for wisdom in that? You just said it. Because as you look at it, you'll be looking for wisdom in it, since I've just said that. And then you'll see that you can't find wisdom in it. That's wisdom. Ask more questions if you don't understand. Don't say, what did you mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could say that if you want. What is the wisdom that doesn't like wisdom? not separate. So it's not separate from anything. It's not separate from anger. It's not separate from war. It's not separate from anything. There's no, there's never a, an opponent. There's never an enemy. Everything that you see is, you're not separate from it. So you, you don't have any enemies anymore. I'm not saying that you don't have somebody that's giving you a hard time that you might uh, tell, say to back off or somebody that's being mean to someone else where you take hold of them and say, that'll be enough of that business. I'm not saying you don't interact with the world, uh, sometimes even in maybe an aggressive way, but you do it out of awareness, not out of some kind of polarity that is, has some kind of an agenda, political or otherwise, about trying to be right, trying to correct, trying to fix somebody, trying to make somebody wrong, and you're right, and you're going to fix them. It comes just out of the awareness itself, and that awareness arises out of the insight that nothing is separate from anything else, even though it appears that way. It's called pure appearance, which is uh, Junchu's uh, translation of Junchu's Dharma name, pure appearance. Any system, if we have an idea? Well, having an, a little bit of an idea, otherwise there would be no point in me sitting up here and talking. I would just stay in the hojo and you guys could just rub your eyeballs against these walls. No? <laughs> Done enough of that. So there needs to be a little of each. So we have a little bit of the, the intuition part. Just, just observe, just observe, just observe. 
And then, then we go into the conceptual part. What is it? To, who is observing? What is it? What is observation? What, 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 what makes up? What is the breakdown of a human being? Is it form, feeling, perception, concept or thinking or labeling, analysis, logic. And the last one or the fifth one is the six sense fields and their objects. So the, all of the six senses. Now my teacher Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche used to talk about the, the skandhas by saying that the, the last one or consciousness, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, it's like the consciousness goes through the, the middle three all the way back to form instantly. So it, it feels like one person. But if it's looked at closely, we begin to see that we can see parts of that. We can see the conceptual area operate. We can see the perception operate. We can see the feeling area operate. We can, we can, we can actually have a sense of our, of our physical body. You can actually break the being alive as a human being. You can break it up into parts. And that all those parts get together and say, me, me and my stuff, me and my property, me and my territory, me and my ideas. How dare you object to what I just said? That kind of thing. Yes. Uh, again? How do you like differentiate like from just being stagnant, not going? Uh, I'm not. I'm not following the. Uh, so, so yeah. separation means not the objective. So, and I'm saying, I'm saying, uh, if you see what this is, you see that it's not separate. So, but we separate it out so we can get an idea of of how it works. But it, fundamentally, it's working as a unit, as a me, me, me feeling all the time. But we separate it out and say, well, here's the feeling part of the human being, and then the other four or feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, are all the consciousness parts. So those last four is that, that area of the human dynamic of form and consciousness. And then we break down those consciousness levels into the feeling part, the perception part. In other words, uh, I'm seeing Jim over there. Jim is seeing me. So that's perceiving something. Uh, and then concept, we name it Jim. Uh, and then uh, consciousness, uh, then the six sense fields, all uh, sound, smell, sight, hearing, taste, touch, and so on. So I'm not sure if I, uh, I'm not sure what uh, the context of your question was, but I'll try again if you want to. Okay. So, yes. You said um, wisdom only sees wisdom. What, what is it that sees delusion? Wisdom. Are they not separate? They're really good pals. <laughs> so again, it would have to be if, if if it is true, if if it is true that if no separation is true, then then wisdom would see anything wisdom saw. It would not be separate from, and it could be almost anything. It has been said that what the Buddha saw when the Buddha twenty five hundred years ago worked and practiced on his path for whatever it was six years. Then when he awoke, what he saw was delusion. That was his awakening. By seeing delusion all the way down, all the way through, seeing completely the delusion. That's why when I say to you, if you, if I have your ear, I say, don't, don't get rid of your, of your uh, passion, aggression, and ignorance. Be aware of it. Because if you try to get rid of it, then you're actually trying to create a better person. And a, trying to create a better person is the very style of ego. You don't have to be a better person. You just have to find out if you have to do anything. Find out who you are. And from this point of view, you are not separate from the Buddha. Jim. So is awareness the path and wisdom is the fruition? Let me simply put. But fruition is, uh, the, the fruition is uh, like, 
there isn't anything there. There is, it's, you actually leave uh, phenomena, and at the same time you leave the phenomena, you also are not separate from the phenomena. It's called not two or non-dual. This is uh, the uh, the story. Uh, the uh, ten ox herding pictures is when uh, the person goes off trying to discover the nature of themselves or reality, and they go off, and they, eventually they 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 end up in. Uh, I think the next to the last one, there's several different versions of this, that there isn't, there's just a circle. There isn't anything there. So it's emptiness. But then the next step is the, the, the monk or the mendicant or whatever comes back into the marketplace, comes back, uh, having seen reality, comes back into the world and functions as not separate from anything, but may look separate to others more. Sanho from Oklahoma. Sanho. He says, I am totally going to rub my eyes against the wall. <laughs> How do you respond to a joke like that? <laughs> and then he has a question. Sanho has artificial eyes, for those of you who don't know. Yes, go ahead. He asks, what is the contrast between wisdom and awareness? Uh, so awareness is, uh, is the path quality. So it's, it's about being about working with the relative world in a way that is not accepting it, rejecting it or shutting down. So not being fueled by the three poisons. So the awareness, uh, uh, is operating. It still hasn't, the, the understanding has not completely uh, broken through. So there's still, there's still a, a, a tentativeness about that. Uh, there's still there's still places where the uh, confusion can may come back in and go back out. It's like kind of like the tide. But wisdom doesn't do anything. So wisdom actually transcends everything without separating from it. That's why it's called not two. So I'm not sure if that's uh, a good enough contrast. I could just say one is big and one is small. Relative truth is small. Absolute truth is big. Or absolute truth is big and relative truth is small. Or, no, go ahead. A question from Shane in Texas. Go ahead, asks, Shane. Um, how does wisdom mind relate to the wisdom you're discussing? How does what? Wisdom. Wisdom mind relate to the wisdom you're discussing. Same thing. The wisdom mind is uh, just a, another way of saying, uh, seeing that. Yes. And then uh, Mariah, also from Texas, asks... Can wisdom be passed down from one person to another, or is it something that must be attained solely on a personal level? Both. Without, uh, it's not separate. So without, without the inspiration of the Buddha, we would not be doing this. We might be doing something, but it probably wouldn't be doing this. We'd probably all be Taoists. Or else we'd all be Martians. I don't know. So it, it's a difficult area. I mean, it's a, it's a valid question. It's just that it, it's... Uh, so you could awaken, uh, one could have an awakening, awakening or a, a realization about the fundamental nature of this situation without necessarily having a living teacher. But I think it would be quite unusual. It seems to be necessary to have some kind of lineage happening. There have been a few people who have, who have uh, realized who haven't had uh, teachers. Uh, Sukaran from Traverse City, or Elk Rapids, I mean. Uh, she asks, does wisdom arise in each sense consciousness differently? Maybe, but probably not. Like the sense of smell wisdom? Smells like the same stuff to me. Flowers smell like doo-doo. It must be wise. 
and I don't mean to mock what she's saying. Actually, there's probably something like that happening. It seems that the the, the sense consciousnesses that are are the most um, excuse me most uh, intimate, like smell, is there. It's a that's already the case, already happening in that area. And the sense consciousnesses that are the most uh, separated or distanced, like sight, that's probably the one you're going to see it in the most because that's the one that's so obvious. Everything is over there, whereas smell is like you're smelling. So this is why sometimes the image or the the metaphor used in uh, by the Tibetans is a uh, is a uh, rochig Tibetan word that means uh, one taste one taste it, it, there's just this so they're using instead of using the sense of sight and saying just this they're saying this is just one taste just like uh, the other one is uh, uh, one act samadhi or a one, you do one thing and you realize it's it's the same as everything else you've ever done. And it's a realization that is attendant upon, more than likely, on some kind of training the mind to see clearly, see clearly, see clearly. Further question from Sokaran or anyone else? Yes. You brought up the threefold logic earlier. Threefold logic, ground, path, and fruition. The ground of something, the path, and fruition. You want to go to Europe, that's the ground. You buy your ticket, that's the path. You get on the plane. All right, you're stuck on the plane because you didn't you didn't have the right ground path and fruition. You should have buy buy your ticket and then you're in Europe. Yeah. Were, were the is the ground in this case? The ground uh, when ground path and fruition, just simply put, not not trying to make light of it, is is the ground is suffering or difficulty or stress, and the path is uh, awareness or meditation. And the fruition is seeing that that uh, seeing that reality that that nothing is separate from anything else. That there there isn't anything else to get. That you already have everything you need. And it's called peace. Is the ground depending on what one's talking about? Would the ground change, or is the ground always? No, you could use you can apply that to anything. You could say the ground path and fruition of of uh, you know like ikabana is uh, the ground would be um, the the container perhaps. And uh, the path would be uh, the this flower, and the fruition would be the sky. Or you could turn it around the other way. It can, it can, it can work in any direction. Ground path fruition is the basis, and then what's occurring, and then what results. It's just a way of using it. So, so within wisdom, uh, is there discrimination as one as wisdom incorporates? The ground and the path. That, yeah. no, that, no, there wouldn't be. No wouldn't, discrimination. Wouldn't, wouldn't have to be because it's actually uh, it's actually at the same time it has left uh, the the ground and the path. It's also not separate from it. It's the same thing as uh, the threefold uh, logic that happens in uh, uh, the three uh, uh, the three natures of uh, paratantra, uh, parakalpata, paranishmana, or or um, uh, dependently dependent origin. Dependently arisen, dependent, dependent, everything is dependent on everything else for its apparent singularity. And then the imputed nature, the imaginary nature of what we think about or our opinions about what's arisen. And if we see that we're making stuff up about what is fundamentally just dependently arisen, then this is called the perfected nature or paranishpana. Then we actually see reality. And, we, and when that happens, you, you are not separate from what you're seeing. So you see yourself and every all the disparate phenomena that you thought were separate. Any more questions? Oh my gosh, we got a long ways to go. Yes, Michelle. So I can't use thorn wisdom. 
So simply put, it's, wisdom is not a thing. So it's not a, an item. It's not. Uh, um, it's not something. It's not phenomena. I mean, that's a concept that's pointing to uh, to understanding something. So understanding something would be, and you know, as long as we're using relative terms, we're always kind of dancing around what we're trying to point at. Like Buddha nature, there are very relative kinds of words for for ultimate realization or understanding. Buddha nature, Buddha means awakened, nature means nature. Or Buddha Dharma, Buddha means awakened, and Dharma means truth, awakened truth. What is awakened truth? Not separate. Nothing is separate. There, there are no, no two things anywhere. And this is a realization. It's not just a philosophical uh, statement. It's, it's something that one sees, and then, then you might make a statement like that about it. Or you might not. You might move to Europe and start a grocery store. Yes. Wisdom store thing. The whole idea of uh, something doing something else is uh, doesn't work in that area. So it, it can't it can't go out and find something to store. It's not separate from anything. Uh, it's a word. We have to use something, so we use that word. Earlier, you brought up that wisdom is like the sky, the clouds in the sky. What are the clouds in that? Thoughts, ideas, uh, attitudes. Activities, walnuts, stuff, things, cloud, cloud, big clouds, little clouds. Uh, clouds, uh, uh, using that same metaphor of clouds, the clouds don't move through this incredible space of the sky. Just like there's this incredible space that's in your mind, what's happened, or is your mind. What happens is we keep, out of fear, we keep grasping at the thoughts or grasping at the clouds instead of seeing that our mind is like the sky, and it, the clouds are fine. Clouds don't leave a mark on the sky, unless it's jet trails. Um, from Rasheen up in Elk Rapids? Yes. She asks, what is the difference between awareness of self and awareness of others, or how is the awareness different or might be better? So the, it seems the, the path, uh, seems that the way it works is as we practice, practicing this path of the Buddha's Dharma, the first thing that seems to occur is we begin to see that there's not a solid me here. So the difference is this one starts, it seems, maybe not always, but it seems like there's not a solid. We see that our, our identity is discontinuous. One of the ways you can experience in that experience that is by needing someone's approval and or, or, or being offended by someone's disapproval and wanting to validate or justify yourself. So we can kind of feel that we're, we're kind of at the mercy of... Uh, other people's ideas and feelings and judgments and so on. We don't like that. Sometimes if we're judged too much, we get start to puff ourselves up. Sometimes uh, people who are, especially young children who are bullies, it's because they're so sensitive to being criticized. So they feel like they need to bully all the time. So there's that area uh, that one is working on is to see that there's no self in this context. There's no solid, this form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, that there's no solid being there. It's not saying those aren't there but they don't come together to form somebody, some being. And so that seems to be the, uh, in the Tibetan tradition, this is called sosotarpa, or one-and-a-half-fold egolessness. In other words, you see completely through, your, there's no one here, but there's still, a, there's still a, a kind of a feeling there's somebody out there that's uh, separate from you. So that, that seems to be the, the final uh, um, part of that uh, the, the two-fold uh, um, dynamic of self and other. We wouldn't always work 
it wouldn't always work that way, but it would but it would be more than likely to operate that you would have less and less of a sense of being a solid being uh, before you finally started seeing that there aren't any solid beings out there either. It doesn't mean there aren't breathing human beings here and out there. It just means there's that they're not separate. They're separated for a time, but they're fundamentally not separate. To realize that solves a lot of issues. Mariah from Texas has another question. She says, or asks, if you can't store wisdom, how can it be passed down? I don't know if it can be literally handed to someone, um, but it could be pointed out, possibly. Someone understands, and uh, and someone is a, is a student, and that person uh, is is open and has worked on uh, on letting down their guard so that there's a possibility of, uh, of pointing it out. It's like uh, the, the image that comes to mind is uh, the monk who uh, was sitting in, in the, his hojo or wherever it was, and uh, the young uh, person came in and sat down, and, and the, the, they had some conversation, and then the, the image is that the, the, the teaching person was uh, pouring some tea for the for the younger person and got the cup full and the cup just kept flowing over and he kept pouring and pouring and pouring and uh, as the story goes uh, the other person who was being served the tea said what wait 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 you're you're overflowing the cup and he said yes just like your your mind your mind is full there's no room for anything to any uh, understanding or wisdom to go in I probably uh, not paraphrase that very well, but it's like that kind of a thing. So one has to um, release, let go of, or see the the, the uh, emptiness of one's ideas and opinions and so on, and to use that kind of a metaphor for someone to uh, point at a wisdom. And that may, uh, you know, sometimes it's said that wisdom is handed down, but I don't know if it would be the if the, the image would be a literal handing down more than just the lineage, the connection of one person to the next. I would not be in here if it weren't for both of my teachers. There's no way I could do this. Yes? Is seeing the emptiness of our opinions just observing? Yes. Yeah, you don't have to come to any conclusion. Coming to any conclusion is uh, uh, actually closes down the awareness. Yes? Is it recognition? Could be. What are you recognizing? Not sure. <laughs> then it's not very conclusive, is it? <laughs> yes. Shane has another question. Go ahead. He asks, does wisdom give you the answers to all our questions? Uh, I would rather say it this way. You don't have any more questions. So you don't have any answers. Answers are extra. Natasha? So, I mean, what you saying? Um, recognizing that you're empty, is that not a conclusion? So it's a way of talking about it. You could say, you could say it's a, a conclusion. But neither recognizing you're empty nor full, uh, you could say that's a conclusion. But we have to use concepts to some extent. So I, I, I sit up here and lie. That's all I'm doing is lying to you. <laughs> There's no way you can say the truth. All you can do is kind of beat around the bush, as they say, and keep pointing at something. This is why the teaching of emptiness is so powerful. This is why the teaching of, like it says in the, on the scroll here, as it is, it's just this. The encouragement there uh, is to say that you, as a human being, you have eyes, you have a, a mind, you have a heartbeat, you're here, you're in this world for a certain length of time, 
what's being said by this teaching, by the teaching of the Buddha, is look in front of you and see what is actually there rather than what you think is there. Because what you think is there is delusion. If you can't say the truth, how can you? If you can't say the truth, how can you lie? I'm saying the truth. You can't say the truth. But if you say the truth, that's a lie. I'm saying over and over again, don't believe a word I say. And I'm not doing this to deliberately uh, have you all flummoxed, which is a Sanskrit word for what dry cleaned yeah <laughs> hung out to, hung out to dry <laughs> yes so how is you say that everything you say is a lie yes how is the line that you say you're doing different from the line we may observe in our political situation because i'm not particularly trying to manipulate anyone uh, there's respect for everyone here you, you there's respect that you can you can be here if you're here i'll be as respectful as i can for your, not only for your wisdom mind, but for your crazy mind. I, I rarely correct anybody. And if you find yourself correcting someone else, uh, might, it might not be, um, might be uh, not as clear as you think it is when you're correcting someone or pointing at someone's situation. Go ahead. So is it possible to be clear about others' lies? Others' lies? Oh, uh, clear about that? <coughs> Somewhat, sure. It's still language. I'm not sure what you're asking. It's just the contrast. Um, it, and it seems that lying has such an intense um, uh, reaction to it. Uh, as parents, it's, it seems to be a yeah. huge violation when a child lies to us. It, it seems yeah, my mother used to say, Bobby, the whole world hates a liar. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> poor little guy. Well, and we, that was me. That was a poor little guy. You know, we just went through a few weeks ago a, a whole scene in our political situation with you know the Supreme Court. Yes. Uh, where there was. What's your question? Is it possible to trust anyone speaking? It's it's not a good idea to trust. You should trust yourself. You should trust your own. And that might take some time to, because you, you might have a lot of layers of mistrust or misunderstanding or judgment of yourself. You should give yourself a break. This doesn't mean believe your thoughts. The believing thoughts, disbelieving thoughts, and the ignoring is that's the problem, but that's the issue, and that's the circularity of confusion. But to just be present, then uh, you, you begin to, to understand, as I'm always pointing to this, rather than this and not this, but this. More. So it's not a it's not a conclusion. Is awareness of others a misunderstanding? Say more. Is awareness of others just awareness of self? I see what you're asking about. I think, but I I don't know if I would. I understand what you're saying, but could there could be something like that that your awareness of others is uh, is your your aware to have, have it be awareness of self? It's awareness that you're projecting onto others. But you don't have to stop doing that. You just have to see. So don't don't uh, don't try to cure something before you realize what the disease is. You try to pour medicine on something you don't understand. That uh, just makes things worse. It could make things more circular. So first, really look really deeply into it. If you look deeply into it, you may not have to do anything else. But just look at it, Jim. Um, can our wisdom, if we look deeply at it, um, <coughs> can we trust our wisdom mind to recognize wisdom? In other words, I mean, you're not fully, you're not realized, but mm -hmm. there's that. 
I think ring of wisdom that's in everyone. Yeah. So I think it would be. Um, I think the way I'd have to respond to that is just uh, just continue to go. You don't have to bother with adding something like trust onto it. Uh, actually, trusting something and and endeavoring to trust something are quite a bit different. Than so one can trust if one's trusting. If it arises and trust is there, the trust isn't anything extra. That you wouldn't even. You might not even call it trust. I might have to call it trust. You might have to call it trust in order to even talk about it. But yeah. the actual situation might not be so much like trust. It might just be no more. You're no longer at war with yourself about anything. Well, we're talking about lies and, and speaking the truth as a lie. Yeah. Pretty hard to tell. The one truth. can't do it. One can't. Yeah. I, if, if I say this is made out of wood, is that a is that a lie? Huh? Relative. It's a relative truth. So we have Dogen, and Dogen makes it wraps our head around it. So he does in so many directions that there's yeah. One can't find a lie. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Go ahead. Shane asks, what is crazy wisdom? So the crazy wisdom form of the Buddhas of the three times, Dorje, Trollo, Karmapakshi. That's what it is. <laughs> no, the idea of crazy wisdom is that, come, that's a, that comes from uh, the Sadhana Mahabuddha written by my teacher, Chumpa Rinpoche. So the, the idea of crazy wisdom, the, the way, my understanding, my understanding of the way this uh, has come up, come, the wisdom, which is crazy, is, is talked about that way because sometimes a person who is functioning as a, out of that kind of um, understanding uh, is doing something that from the ego point of view is, is crazy. Why would you act that? Why would you do that? Why would you do, you know, it doesn't make any sense. That's not going to do anything but give you a bad reputation. Or, so it's, it's operating out of reality, to use the fancy R word, out of reality, rather than some kind of self-centered uh, agenda that an ego person might have to promote themselves or to make themselves look good or to get more control or more power. So crazy wisdom is is just functioning uh, in a way to uh, help others, help uh, be of help to others who are having difficulty or suffering, and that may not show up uh, particularly as conventional uh, wisdom or conventional uh, sanity. So it might look crazy. I, I had a my first uh, teacher, uh, Trunkborn Pache, quite often was doing things that seemed pretty crazy, outlandish. Shoka. Uh, in that situation with teacher, would you personally look at him and think that that was crazy, or was that insensitive? I didn't really care whether he was crazy or not. All I knew is he helped me, and I was sticking with him. <laughs> I don't I don't know what else to say about it. But people have different relationships to the teacher. So my functioning with him was uh, pretty choiceless. I wasn't evaluating him or thinking, hmm, here's an interesting Tibetan fellow. Seems to have a lot on the ball. I think I'll study under him. It was more like, this is where you're going. <laughs> so that's what I did. It felt like that. I had no choice. It was very terrifying to me. You guys are lucky. I'm just a real sweetheart. <laughs> it really felt like I was being pushed into something. I have no idea what that was about. Have a time for another question, if there's any? Okay. Well, I'm glad I made myself so clear. Thank you so much. I'd also like to remind everybody about the donation boxes that we have in the hallway. We depend upon your financial help to continue our programs and these teachings. Penetrate into the law.
God places so that we may reverence and be together and realize the pillars of the